Hi, this is Mecca Maiko, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week we have a very special guest. We have a very <laughs> special guest, Mecca Maiko. Good job. Thank you. That's Welcome. Right. Hello, Haley. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm full of pizza and wine. What else has been happening in your land? It's been a year and a half of sort of forced isolation. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this last year and a half is really weird because I think in the first few months of the pandemic, like all of my work basically dried up. Like I work freelance and uh, so does my partner. And so we were like, mm, okay, I guess we're just going to hang out in this 500 square foot apartment all day. Um, so I was really working on like doing more live shows and, uh, that's when the rise of the synths was finally like releasing and I like did a bunch of shows around there. Um, and then after a while we were like, do we really need to live in the city in like a tiny place? And then we moved to like this rural area and like an old stone house from like the late 1800s. And we were living there for a little bit. This is amazing. Um, so that was like a very different kind of place. And I did a bunch of writing there. Um, but ultimately, like, I feel like this last year I was like in a bit of a slump music wise because I had a, a tour planned, which I had to cancel. Um, and now I feel like I'm I'm back in the city now and I'm like starting to like write again and like finish songs and Ah, yeah, just try to get back into being a musician. Yeah, what's that like? Like, I I don't know. So it's an interesting consequence of the moving out to a quieter place slowed you down a bit. Like just Mm -hmm. brought you more maybe center and present and not doing music stuff. So how has your music been since you started writing again? Has there been anything that's like noticeably different or is it just you doing you again? Um, I think it's, it's a lot more, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Cause, uh, I made it, I started to write a bunch at the beginning of the pandemic. And then there was just like this dead period where I like didn't really want to do any of that. Um, and now I'm just kind of revisiting it and trying to stay true to what I had envisioned in the beginning, which is a lot more kind of gritty and like bitey and uh, a little bit preachy. I don't know. But uh, yeah, a little bit like harder stuff. And now I just want to like get back into writing music that I think is really fun to write and perform and there'll be stuff that I do that I think is kind of like cheesy or funny. And I'm like, no, I'm going to keep that. I should probably release that. I think like go with your gut. If it feels right, just do it. 
Yeah. Um, what year? I was just gonna, you know, say my normal uh, oh, thing. Oh, do you got to do it? You know, do what you want to do, and then don't do what you don't want to do. <laughs> I did listen to <laughs> the origin story of this quote. Do what you want to do. Don't do what you don't want to do. Yeah. I think this those are words to live by. I think it's one of the most profound things I ever learned in college for it having nothing to do with my college experience <laughs> or well, learning at least. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so I think like what we've noticed on our end, like in, you know, where we live is that there's like, now it seems like there's this rush for live events and tours again. And a lot of people are like, it's almost like a mad panic of like trying to resume what happened. Have, are you starting to do a tour again, plan what that is or are you what's happening? I get like so nervous about playing shows because I've only been doing it for two years. I'm like such a noob. Um, I, I'm going to be doing some like live stream kind of stuff again, but um I think there's only one show that I had booked for the original like 2020 tour that is still scheduled, which is with FM Attack in Vancouver. Oh, nice. So that is like October at some point, if it's still happening, if, you know, the world doesn't get caught on fire again. Which, I mean, there's a, know, there's a high is. probability. Aren't there fires going on in Canada right now? Yeah. Yeah. And a tornado. Wait, is the tornado on fire? <laughs> fire NATO, yeah. No. Could could happen. Yeah, I, I say that jokingly, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, there's yeah, there there literally are fires. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Ooh. Uh um, we were getting some of the smoke from that uh a couple days ago. Well, we always get the, the bad things from Canada anyways. The smoke stuff that always comes into I, our that <laughs> Wasn't quite going in the right direction. Good backpedal. <laughs> I mean, we're we're basically people think we're part of Canada anyway, so it's, it's not like it's that far away. It isn't. So forgive me. It's not like bad things going on there. Yes, I'm sorry for that. Hopefully, there's not a heat wave too. There's definitely that. God damn. Oh, in in Vancouver, yeah, there's that heat dome of it was like 50 degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's hot. That's really hot. Ugh. I was talking to one of my friends in England earlier today, and he was using rest of the world temperature, oh, saying yeah. that it was 30 degrees out there. And I was like, that's hot. It's going to be like 35 here for the next week. But 50 degrees in the rest of the world temperature? <laughs> that's, that's really bad. I like how you say the rest of the world temperature. Yeah, because... Uh, you know, us here, we got to be different. We got to go against the grain. Takes a little extra effort to find out what it is. Yeah. But it's not good, and that's very hot. Yeah. So a few things. One thing lined up. Um, I mean, it's exciting. Do you feel, like, re-energized a bit now that things are certain to open up, or are you just kind of easing into things, if you will? Um... I mean, like, today was the first day I was actually able to see my family again without everybody having to, like, wear masks and be, like, two, like six feet apart outside. It was actually – it was nice, but it's. I feel like it's going to be 
even more of a transition just to get back to, um, I don't know, like I've just spent so much time alone or only seeing friends like every couple of months or something like that. So um, it's going to take a while before I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, we have this whole thing that we were all working on yeah. and planning. So it's going to be, I think it will be gradual, but I do feel like the more that I like see people and see events popping up, it'll be inspiring and I'll want to be a part of it. Have you been like, has been like that isolation been like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever? Or has it been like a little, because like Kyle's like, uh, nothing's was, changed. My life it is was great. fantastic. It's, I don't have to cancel plans <laughs> that I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. I relate to that. Like, I just don't have anything going on. I don't have to think of, oh, I've got this coming up. Well, now I don't want to go. Yeah. I I definitely feel that the, oh, yeah, I have this thing I want to do. And then I have to go here and I have to go here. And you're like, some nights you're like, I'm, want, I'm expected to like, I expect myself to go to like three different events. I'm like, no, maybe oh, wow, half you're of ambitious. one. You're really, amb- I would never, three events? No, like half an event that yeah. sounds right um in terms of the isolation like i found it was great until it's not it was like it would be nice because i was learning a lot about like uh gardening and like plants so i was nice. working a lot on that and like planning stuff and doing a lot of sewing and basically just being an old lady and then uh, I definitely embrace that with the like plants. <laughs> What's that? I definitely embrace that with the plants. I have become huge plant dad. Nice. Now. And it used to be like I had blackout curtains in my apartment. And it's just like no sunlight. I am right. in my cave. I am sleeping in a coffin with dirt from my homeland in it. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of thing. And now it's just like, I've got all these plants. I got to have the curtains open so there's sun. I know. there's. I've seen detail of your place that I, I've never known before. Yeah. That's crazy. Now I really have to worry about keeping it clean now that there's actually light in here. Because you have like one or two mm. people over once a month. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm lucky, that's it. <laughs> 0.5 of a person per month. Exactly. It's going to pick up soon, though. <sighs> Could be busy. Um, yeah. So with the, you know, it seems like with the music that you're writing now, it it sounds a little bit like you're kind of just leaning into what feels right. Um, is there any, like, when you write music, is it really, like, are you in the moment? Do you have, like, a, a concept or a theme that you try to achieve? Like, how does your material come together? Um, so it's interesting, like listening to this show and seeing how other people conceptualize it. And like, so a lot of people will say that they'll use like the idea of like a movie or a character or like a a plot. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Like for me, it's a way to kind of get out all of my, um, angst and unrest that I feel <laughs> on a constant basis. Completely legit. Um so usually like the thing that I've been thinking a lot is about um 
acknowledging privilege and then like trying to use it. And I think as a vocalist, there are so many things that I like so many words I could shoot out into the world. And um, for a long time, I was really like worried about the things I would say. And um, there's like so many songwriters that I look up to and I'm like, oh, I wish I could write like that. Everything I sound like everything I write just sounds like it's for kids um, in terms of how like simplistic it is. But I'm like, you know, I just need to like say these things, be done with it. Know that like there are pop songs that exist that will like call shit out instead of just being like, I'm in love with a guy and he's cute, but I don't know if he likes me. Like we don't need more of that. I understand its purpose in the world, but like it's not really it's not really what I want to do. So most of the time it's just me like bleh into the microphone and then it will get re- refined and then eventually um there will be enough songs that kind of um sonically cohere enough to form into a little release and there's a lot that doesn't there's a lot of odds and ends that exist in the ether but is there a b-sides possibly for you is is are are those little um cuts if you will like are they like just in the garbage bin or are they like maybe i could you know do release a little thing yeah i have a feeling that they'll probably get like pasted into little like mixtapes or something like i've done one which is funny because some of the songs actually did get like salvaged from it and then turned into songs that were on Let's. But um, yeah, there's definitely going to be some weird, weirder little, little B-sides, as you say. Hmm. Um, it just depends on when I decide to do that. You are the master of your own destiny. And you do that what I you want to do and not do what you don't want to <laughs> do. <laughs> Uh, I, <laughs> I like you. <laughs> That's funny. It's a hand gesture that no one can see, but it was amusing. It's um, what I live by. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- that's really, it's interesting. I like delving into that because everyone's answer is really varied. And, and you brought up definitely some people's approach, but I found that over, the, you know, with the people that I've talked to, it's so varied where inspiration comes from and, how people pull things together and whether or not it's coherent or logical or emotional or whatever it is. I just, I find that we all have this thing that's music and it could come from so many different places. I just, I really find it interesting um, where it comes from with different people. Um, Yeah. And even, even though I, I say that it's usually written on like a purely emotional, almost like a diary kind of, level of like how personal it is or how personal it feels to me and even still like uh when I released Okia that was like entirely just like a concept that I like wrote a lot about um so I guess it's just it will that answer will probably change the next time we talk that's great I yeah it keeps it fresh I like how you said the next time we talk yeah. <laughs> it sort of happens, though. Because that means that you don't hate us. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I love that. Um, so like, is it is 
is this next thing it sounds like there's a bit of like you have something to say is there's almost maybe a sense of is there a sense of urgency behind what you're trying to say like you know you're talking about using how do you use privilege and how do you maybe be an effective advocate or or use your voice appropriately or effectively um is it just more or less you expressing your feelings and about certain things or like are you really like advocating in a more literal sense um i guess i guess i am like it's kind of a a combination it's just i think it's really easy um like i understand with music there's um you have like a lot of leeway to make it like very poetic and kind of like add a layer of like subtlety and like mask your messages. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like this last year, like these last couple of years have just made me so frustrated that I want to like ditch all floweriness and just say like the things I feel like saying. And like one of the main things that's been really bothering me lately is um, the sort of ubiquity of surveillance capitalism. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that, we just kind of accept as like the next logical step of our progression um, into, I don't know, a more like tech integrated world. And I just kind of want people to like truly like bold, bold face, like look at it in the eye and assess if that is what they want and like what that could become. Mm -hmm. And not like in a conspiracy theory kind of way, but in like a basic I'm into democracy kind of way. I actually think about that a lot, that exact thing. And I read a quote, I think it was on Twitter, like three years ago. And someone said, when do you think that the government or some sort of institution is going to consider the wanting of privacy as a mental illness? As in the Mm -hmm. ubiquity of oversharing every aspect of your life will become so, you know, common ubiquitous to take your word um that that's just the standard and that you project every mundane every thought everything into the world um and wanting your privacy you you're considered weird for it well that was like when there were so many people when facebook came out they saw the information that they wanted you to put in when you signed up and there were so many people who were like no and i remember seeing like seeing those people around and being like, what's the big deal? It's not like anything bad can happen. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be oh. used against you at all. And like all those people like that we thought were crazy and being like picky and weird and uptight. Now you're like, oh, maybe there's like, okay. Yeah, you're right. Do you think that has more to do with age and experience? The more you live in the world, the more you experience it you start to understand there's a certain cynicism right to growing up and getting to a certain part where you're in your 20s or teens you're really optimistic and hopeful and wish the best in the world but you kind of like get to a point where you're like people uh, well, are this, shitty and uh, you might be hurting my feelings here going <laughs> <this> <laughs> well you've always been negative so no no. No. What? I haven't. Are you more positive now than you were in your 20s? Absolutely not. 
<laughs> no. Like, my 20s, I was like, everything is great. This is the best thing ever. Now it's not. That's, so my point is proven anecdotally correct. Ow. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting where you come from and what you're saying. And, and it's the same thing. Like, I've always maybe been a little more private. I don't really post anything. Um, I just have always been that way, slow to adopt. But me similarly, right? Like slow to adopt. And of course, everybody knows that. Like, I don't want anyone to see pictures of me. Yeah, but that's. But nobody wants to see pictures of oh, me. Oh man, either. I'm so sorry. I've been screen capping this whole thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if that could work in my favor, then Uh-oh. perhaps it would be okay. But otherwise, under normal circumstances, like, no, nobody needs to see my ugly mug. We oh don't need God. that. Like, <laughs> nah. it. Point being, very interesting things that you're that you're mulling around and talking about and writing music around concepts and things like that. And is it? I mean, does it seem to have like a sort of a narrative at this point like you where you're like yeah there's a common thread here of things that you're talking about yeah there there's definitely a common thread and i i'm trying to figure out how to structure my next album or ep because i think it's it's worth like making all this music about what you're angry about but then you have to also write about why it is that you're angry and and it's because there's so much in the world that is like beautiful and lovely mm-hmm. and worth our time to protect and like appreciate. So um, it's just kind of like trying to weave those two things together. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, especially getting more in touch with like trying to learn more about just what non-human life exists around me is like very cool. Not just aliens, but like plant communities and, and like fungi and stuff. We need to hook you up with Patty. He's all about the mushrooms. Mushrooms, yeah. Go mushroom oh my god! So, Austria. So power nerd, love. He still sends me random pictures of mushrooms on his nature hikes. <laughs> oh even, my god! Amazing. Not even joking. Just randomly, here's a picture of a mushroom. I'm so bad at identifying them. Still, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're Except all I did. deadly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually at the the place where we were living for the last like eight months. It was on a like a hundred acres. And had this like giant forest and we were able to we like went hunting for like mushrooms and like wild leeks all the time and we we're like looking for morels we're like oh it's morel season we got to go to all these places where there's morels and they were literally popping up in the garden so we were like spending hours going on these walks looking for them and it's like oh they're growing they're in your garden there they are next right there. to the peonies cool at least it wasn't a fake one. <laughs> oh yeah, Way I did find back. one, a false morale. What? They look like ugly brains. Yeah, there's a mushroom that's a false morale. No, Kyle is referring to someone putting a ceramic morale just hiding in a bush somewhere near his place. That's was, cool. No, that was not cool. That was the most upsetting thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> oh, no, because he thought it was real. And, you know, I was like, I lost my mind. I was like, here it is growing at the place where I live. 
I go to grab it and it's fake. It's ceramic. Who would do that? Who would play this trick on me? I'm sure they're watching me as I picked it up too, laughing. It was it was Power Nerd. Ah, he did it. Yeah, shame on Patty. His tricks. I mean, that sounds really like now with your background, like your regular. If I you did you grow up in more urban, suburban, or country? Like there seems to be this connection to nature and and calming down and paying attention to things that are around you was that like a new experience or just a reconnection experience for you um so i had like a very suburban sheltered uh childhood and when i was like 12 i was like i'm gonna live like downtown toronto the second i can i want to get out of here like all the socks and like i i I honestly blame it on the video game um, Jet Set Radio Future for, like, giving me this, like, awe of, like, the city. And, like, I just became obsessed with, like, very, like, dense, like, urban places. And I was like, that's where I want to be. Before that, I was all about, like, nature and animals in particular. I was, like, one of those kids that always like adopted a polar bear for their birthday or something um i'm picturing that's this. a good birthday present yeah <laughs> they need it yeah now they do give them a little piece of ice to float on for a little longer <laughs> oh that's ouch because yeah guys who knows it's 50 oh. degrees in the arctic circle oh, oh it's hot Cry. They need a chunk anyway, of uh, depression <laughs> aside, um, yeah, so I was very into animals. Then I got into video games and like fetishized the city a lot. And then I moved to the city and I was like, I need to be outside. Um, and yeah, having, I, I don't even know like really when it started, but I would just, we, when I was in college, I started to go on more like heavy like portage canoe trips and just being able to like witness all of this like beauty and everything you're like oh okay yeah this is fantastic and I want to be out here all the time and uh yeah now I'm just like thankful that I have a backyard and I can go out there and be thankful for the backyard it is nice to have a backyard I like this in juxtaposition of being an electronic musician versus things that give you awe, inspiration, things that you appreciate. Um, what what drove you to where you're at, are now? Like with that the type of music that you make and that you've released, and because um, it could have went any way, really. What drove you to where you're at? Oh my god! Do you know how hard of a question that is? I know. Good. I. It's a big question. Why are you uh, exist? Because my sister asked my parents for a brother, and then they had me. And that's how we got let's. Yeah. Next question. No. Uh, do you mean? Do you mean in terms of like the the music, like the style of music? Yeah, I mean, make, it's just... it's really interesting. You know, electronic music in a general sense. What draws you to that? Because like you, obviously, you experiment. You do different things. You play with different things. And I want 
categorize you specifically as a very particular thing but i could you know in general it's electronic music so how did you arrive to that as your vehicle for expression um i think it was probably just the fact that um like my foray into making music at all was with a like a little keyboard so and a little fisher price like tape recorder because those things are lit uh so it could have been black metal also (laughs) could have been might still be might still be on the horizon um i think it was just because uh i i grew up just like on the computer all the time and you know max just come with garage band right and so I, i would just like play around with that like from a pretty early age and not like not like toddler i'm not that young but like um just the amount that you can just like cut and paste and warp things um without even needing like a microphone or a keyboard you can just literally just have a computer and start from scratch there um was really neat and I think that's probably why, because I, I started off with making music with like basically nothing. So it just kind of blossomed from there. And now like I have I have like some gear, but for me, I'm just so used to just working with like VSTs and right. um, doing everything kind of inside the box, even though like I have definitely fallen in love with some modular synths and like some really cool stuff but i'm just like it's just so much faster yes do it on the computer because i need to get these ideas out of me right now but that's just that's just my my way of working i think it's completely valid how you get you're able to get to what you want to do do you feel like you're able to get to the thing that you imagine in your brain like do you ever like picture like it needs to sound like this whatever thing and then you're able to go to your computer and be like there's the thing i imagined or is it like i mean i mean sometimes i have a very specific sound in mind and i'll just like go straight to it or tweak it but a lot of the times i'll be like well let's see what some of these other things sound like or if i like tweak this maybe it should be more of like a weird plucking sound and then usually it won't be the thing that i was thinking of it'll be something completely different and i'll be like oh yeah that's way better i like that just you just you're on a search of discovery you let things go where they go and let yourself be surprised yeah and i don't think you can really get that so easily with um like it's an advantage but it's also a curse because it's kind of like that endless like netflix scrolling thing Mm -hmm. where you're like you have too too many options and so i totally understand like setting yourself some limitations because like when I listen when I go back and listen to Mad But Soft I was like oh my god this does not have a coherent sound because I was using like so many different sounds there was nothing like repeated where back in the day it was like yeah you have this drum machine and you have like this synth and like this guitar and that's that's, it that's it I you know I find it it's it's interesting because it's it's exciting to not have any coherent sound and you could kind of really go to wherever your imagination is and and let, just let that be. I'm not necessarily sure that like 
having a set like you use this amplifier with this effect with this guitar or this synthesizer whatever it is and these are the patches that you use and you work with like tonally that might make sense for certain albums but if you're like just seeing what's in your head and letting it loose who i mean does it matter that it has that not coherence or a consistent sound set i would feel that having physical hardware would really limit you at that point yeah which is not a bad thing all the time but i don't yeah i don't know how to feel about it but really. i don't know because i don't know how to make music either. I, I think honestly it just depends on like what your way of working is like my my partner shoots everything like he's he's a photographer and he shoots everything on film Mm -hmm. and it's not like and some of it's on like field cameras like four by five and i'm like i would never have the patience to work that way not in a hundred years i i don't know much about actual photography in the analog sense but there's a lot of skill and a lot of things you can do variation and things by processing technique and all that stuff where it's almost as limitless as say digital but there's much more like technique and labor that goes into it I think. oh yeah there's some shots that like he that he's taken that you would never be able to get the same result from digital and i'm not saying that to be pretentious it's just no. like digital is not necessarily there yet on mm-hmm. the grand scheme but yeah it's a it's just a, a matter of like how much how slow you're willing to work on something that is a really good point because it is slow like every step takes a very specific amount of time it's not digital where you just throw it in photoshop do your stuff run your rendering do your process you're done time and effort time and effort i want to say not just time but effort as well true very true I like that. I don't I don't want to play down that part. I feel like effort really should be put at the forefront of that as well. Okay, valid. You got me. Um <laughs> I wasn't trying to get you. I know you weren't. I'll I didn't get feel... you for other things. Oh, that's Yeah, that's after the show though. Okay. <laughs> that's when that pizza crust discussion. Yeah, that pizza discussion happen. is going to come back. Which is an important conversation, pizza. What is your preferred pizza crust this is a hot topic this is very oh. important Ooh, yeah are you now think- it's gonna get ugly yeah well we're gonna draw the line in i'm the gonna sand. have the worst answer because i like like i don't think i've ever had a pizza crust that i thought i didn't like i'm like a thin crust yeah there's a time for it a poofy crust yeah there's a time for that usually if i'm drunk I like like a detroit style pizza all day yes hmm yeah. You just spoke words to us that reverberate like spiritually almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like if I pay like like twenty dollars for a pizza and it's like or more and it's a thin crust, I'm like, mm, it hurts a little bit. I need a little bit more dough. Yeah. But sometimes there's a lot of it. It's no problem. And if it's a Detroit style and it's over twenty dollars, you feel that you got your money's worth. And it's also very oh small. God. And you look at it and you're like, that's too small for what I paid for it. But you can't get through all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's, it's so good. It's a good it's a good non answer, but it's a valid answer. Cause there's a pizza for all moods. 
Yeah. There's a pizza crust for all moods. And I have to say, like, here in Minnesota, like, if you were to ask what the generic Minnesota pizza is, it would be like that thin crust, almost cracker-like pizza, which makes me upset. If I see a pizza cut into squares, (laughs) the rage starts boiling within me. That's not okay. I'm not okay with that. I mean, okay, it's pizza. All right, I'll eat it. It's still probably pretty good, but that isn't what it should be. You're a man of very strong opinions. And we're getting off the rails with that, but like I mean, my I emotions. Know, I know are... that like pizza it is also sometimes like served as like an appetizer. Like I've heard of this being a what? thing. I would it's... like a pizza as an appetizer. <laughs> I will go so on record as saying like that a right thin now. Crust. Like a thin little light pizza. But an appetizer to what? I, they will disguise it as flatbread at that point, then I feel. I'm talking, well, this is, I I heard a tale of, um, I don't know, somebody I knew at some point going to Italy and they ordered like a pizza as an appetizer and they had, there was just like so much food, so many courses. Yeah. I feel like that's like heavy carb load too. Yes. Like I'm going to Italy. Pizza is the appetizer for the main course. <laughs> so many carbohydrates are coming at me right now. That's it's a lot. It's that's severe. I don't yeah, understand. Dinner how... will be like four hours. Also, apparently, it's a thing in Russian your... dining. I've had that experience where it was like six hours. Ooh, that sounds fun. Well, Russian dining. It and it was in the middle of a blizzard, and it was Even six better. hours. And it's just like. Really, we need to go because there's going to be three feet of snow on the streets. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, you can't go. You are here, and we aren't going to be able to leave. Yeah. Was this the like this seven course meal thing that you did? No, no, it wasn't. It was actually right in my neighborhood. No, I take that back. It was in Crystal, mm. but there is a Russian place in my neighborhood here. But yeah, apparently. And I can't, you know, say this is true or this is not true, but like a very slow dining experience is part of the experience. Yes. It was very slow and it was very (laughs) snowing and it was very (laughs) bad when we left. And it was a very long trip home. I I like that. It was bad news. It was really bad. It was a bad experience (laughs) all around. Was it bad food? No, it was good. Okay. Wow. It was good. Well, you can go back in the summer. It's Yeah, I could go right now. And then complain about how hot it is. <laughs> I, and knowing me, like I would only focus on the negatives. So. You're not going to do it. That's what you're saying. I, I could it. do that. I could do it. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you uh, you settled the pizza debate, though pizza topic that's good we got through that i pizza is, is good no matter what you had a bad experience that was like worse than any pizza experience i mean as long as the dough is like cooked through and it's not raw but if it's, it's but also if it's overcooked yeah as long as it's just cooked properly it's it's good if it's like chewing on leather that's not good 
It extends the ex- the pizza experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I wanted. An extended Turns it pizza. into your slow meal. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like I am guilty of eating pretty fast. Maybe it would help me extend the experience. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. It wasn't good. And I, I will eat trash. Almost actual like trash. Like literal trash. <laughs> I will eat literal trash. I'm a raccoon. That's why both of our answers were just like, what kind of pizza crust? Yeah, all the pizza crust. Come on. Yeah, pizza. It, it, as long as it has crust. And even then. If, be- if somebody asked me what I prefer, I would be like, okay, just like a regular hand, hand tossed, I think. Yeah. Would be the normal answer. But I can go for anything, like Detroit style. Detroit style is amazing. I really like that. Deep dish is amazing. Hold. We have to settle something. Is deep dish a pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because there is a debate whether or not... Okay, what's your answer? Because I feel like you're the wild card. Uh, Yeah, it's pizza. All right. I think it's an absurd, it's an absurd like position to take in life. I feel like the position of the sauce is a weird take because on a deep dish, it's usually on the top. Indeed. And some people have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with it. Is it delicious? Yes. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Someone says like, ooh, that's a lasagna or something like that. No. Get the fuck out this of isn't a Garfield pizza. That's <laughs> no. Garfield pizza. Oh, anyways. We've gone way off on the rails here. I'm pretty. I'm probably to blame for this. I don't know about that. Uh, so <laughs> I'll wrap it back around. So you're working on something um, with a lot more message. Is it coming together quick? Is it coming together slow? Is it? Are you just letting it be? Because like, I've really enjoyed your last two albums. Let's was really really exciting. Um, we both really like that record and we want more, of course, that's, you know, that's always the thing. We want more of the thing we like. So I've got a really shitty tieback story for let's <laughs> and one of the songs on that too. Ooh, I'm excited. So, so we, we can get to that. Sorry for interrupting your My, flow. Indi- okay. Well, we'll try and get back around to it, but so is it, is it come together like in a way that's like, is it going to be this year? Maybe next year? No pressure. There's no expectation. There's no expectation. <laughs> okay. It is what it is. I don't is. know if you've heard, but like vinyl plants are like super backed up right now. Yes. And I, I really want to do vinyl. Let's didn't come out on vinyl, and I'm like kicking myself for not just like I'm upset about pushing it. that to happen. That, that's been a big thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Oh god. We're both very upset about this. Yeah. And I'm upset because, like, I had all the artwork ready, all of it, like, like ready to go. And then, uh, yeah, with, like, the pandemic, the label went on hiatus, and uh, we just never worked on getting that made. And so I'm sure it will exist. Oops. It will exist at some point. It's just going to be, like, very delayed. So it won't be for impulse buying like oh a new release i'm gonna get the vinyl it'll be for people who've listened to it and be like yeah i want this in my collection um but anyway uh in terms of the the new the new thing 
if it will be on vinyl, it's probably not going to be out until next year. And if not... I've ex- accepted the new reality that it's a year. You you start a vinyl project, it's a year before it comes to reality. That's just the way it is. It is. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. Exactly. That's I want good. the thing on vinyl. I want Let's on vinyl. And it just seems really strange that it, it didn't get on vinyl right away. It seems like... a kind of a no-brainer yeah and i i think it had a little bit to do with the fact that like i was with a new label and they didn't really have a lot of um like startup money basically Mm. (laughs) and um yeah things just kind of like dropped off but i'm sure i can start it up again and at least if the if the label doesn't release it, I might be able to just do one of those. Like now Bandcamp has its own kind of like mm-hmm. crowdfunding yeah. things. They basically took like the crates model and yep. did the same thing. And I'm like, that would be a really great way to do it. Cause then you only sell it if people want it. Um, so yeah, I'll probably start having that conversation again because yeah, like tapes are fun, but it like having a record is just, it's like yes. something you could frame. Absolutely. And it's art it's in nice. motion. Mm-hmm. Art in motion. That's a good way Ooh. to put it. Uh, yeah. I, I will say the one thing with the, the what I've noticed with the Bandcamp thing, I supported the, the Woob record, um, the Xevious.exe. It's been like literally over a year since I, I forgot heard. about that. I did too. It's been like so hmm. long. Like, so, so long. I think the pre-order went up for, like, April of last year, something to that effect. And, mm. like, Curates is quicker turnaround than that. Curates? Crates? Is it Crates? Curates? I think it's Crates. It's probably Crates. You said Crates, too. I feel like it's Crates. I said Crates, crates yeah, because I think about, like, milk crates. I think it's probably that, because that and makes... Yeah, you store the But Curates. Shit. It's like you curate... Curating? Curate. Oh, shit. See, that's... I've heard it said in two different ways, and I don't know what's right. Oh, it's like the Mako Mako thing all See? over again. Oh, I, I, I want to say something, and like we can edit whatever it is out at this point. I just want to bring that forward. But like the minimal research that I've done <laughs> because of this is like the the record company that Let's was doing it on was uh, something founded by uh, the Mastercraft people. Which mm-hmm. half of that is Death from Above, above 1979, mm-hmm. one of my mm-hmm. favorite bands. Like Jesse F. Keeler is part of that, and I know that they've recently just released an album for Lovers. It's and for there to be no news for anything that you've got going on, like they can do an album, release it on vinyl. Where is that going? Like, why can't you get something released <laughs> on vinyl? On vinyl, it's because. Uh- I will I will give them credit because they really tried to use the connections that they had to extend it to the artists that they had on Oro. And um it's just really hard because like they work with like legitimate like managers and like like full teams of people who just manage their shit for them. And it's not I don't think it's exactly the kind of thing where 
can be like, hey, we really think this artist is cool. Can you do the exact same work for them? And it's like, no, because they can't sell out like a stadium. And like, no, it's not going to happen. So it's one of those things where they they put in a lot of work to release like a bunch of singles and, you know, do what they they thought they could for all these artists. But then at the end of like when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, I just need to yeah. take a breather. Um, but yeah, it's because like like the difference is just that they have all their stuff going on and running a label is probably a lot. I would, a whole but thing. you're on that label. Boom. So where is that for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean. And I don't I, want to dog on my boy <laughs> right now. But no, I you, feel... you have to understand. I have also like dogged on them pretty hard. Nice. And um, you know, I'm hopeful that this year will will bring some stuff. But yeah. That's exciting. Valid news. valid point there, Kyle. I I have emotions. <laughs> and he only has In one, the, typically. I, yeah, I I have an emotion. One <laughs> left at this Concern? point. Concern? And it's mostly just like rage. <laughs> and I I feel many things at this particular thing right now. I and, I see you working through it. That's and, and it gets to me because now I'm on two sides of the fence here. Like yeah. I'm on like here's part of one of my favorite artists that there is. Also on this other side, here is another favorite artist that I have. Mm-hmm. Why isn't something coming together? when there is this record company. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that is just uh, a product, like a product of it being basically like just so few people involved in the actual like management of it. And then they're like so focused on just putting out music Mm -hmm. and like literally everything else just kind of, I think that's a pretty common thing, and, and I don't mean to shit on your boy or the process, but I th- I feel like what I've seen, Third Man Records does pretty well, but I think there's a whole team behind it that helps push all that stuff forward, anyone that's on it. But if it's fronted by an artist, you look at like those labels don't tend to last super long because nothing records, right? Trent Reznor's thing. He did have a run of people, but that eventually closed shop. And there's other. It was called Nothing Records, and then it closed. Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, and he had some hot releases on that. Um, but it eventually disbanded because, as an artist, I feel like just imagine yourself. You're doing your music, your creative pursuit, and you're like, you know what? I've gotten pretty good at like understanding this this business aspect. Maybe I should do my own stuff. And then you bring on other artists. Like how much energy do you feel that you would have if it's a small record label to focus on other artists? Well, it gets hard the second you realize how much like tedium is involved Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, I have to do the accounting. I have to do the marketing. I have to like be like pushing, like 
promoing this stuff, maybe searching like for leads for like different like distro things or placement. And there's just so much of this work that is a lot for an artist to do for themselves. And then like, I don't know, we are totally just making excuses at this point. (laughs) I feel like uh, it's legit though. Like, you know, they maybe if you're going to do a thing, do it well and do it completely. And also I could see where there's some problems there where like, I, I, you know, I could see how that wouldn't. And then COVID threw everything into disarray. So a lot of people's stuff ended up not getting released or pushed back or everything else. And the money dries up because no one's touring and no one's doing anything. Then those resources go away. I I have, it's like two levels though. Yeah. Because here is an artist that I very much so look up to who has a record company. It's like, I got you. I'm a record company that's not doing anything for you. I hear it. I don't know that. I That's my opinion. That's how I feel right now. I don't know if yeah. that's actually. As a consumer, I mean, unless you have the thing in front of you, they're not doing anything. I mean, I they they did do a lot, like... I that was the first time I ever got to go in a studio and like work on an album and that whole experience was amazing. Um but yeah, that's about it. And, so far. And, uh, and also I have the biggest grudge with new retro wave. Ooh, I'm you know so what? is it about the vinyl because everyone It's it, no, it's just about new retro wave in general. What's your beef? I am upset with them. Why? Terrible quality releases. No mastering. Huge lead times. Premium prices. Premium prices. Way too expensive shipping. I don't know how they treat the artists. I mean, I can speak to some of that. But I I do want to say all of those things is what makes me excited about Midnight Mannequin Records. Because I think they give a fuck about all of that. And that's our boy, who's also in Minneapolis. Yeah, I know! Yeah. I was like talking to my partner, I was like, dude, we need to go to like Minnesota. So new retrowave bothers you, all those things. But this, it, it is a minefield. It is a tricky minefield. Like, but we, it's like, here is, do you want the largest exposure you can get? Yeah. Well, that's why I released my first album with them. It was because I'm like, okay, I'm doing my solo project after Dead Astronauts. And he, you that need was, to know who I am. That is what just kills me. Kills me. Because that first release with Dead Astronauts was like, here's a great gatefold. It's got UV spot on it. A beautiful release. And then everything else later that they did is complete shit. They just do a lot. And I think they their mode is quantity over quality and i know other artists who've been like really pushing them to up their game and just show a little bit more support for their artists instead of it being like focused on releases only and not like the careers of the artists that they like really support because i'm gonna be devil's advocate yeah i could definitely say this like sure we could do let's on vinyl for you we could do that it won't get the exposure that new retro wave does sadly like i could 
make it the best sounding, best looking, best quality package that's ever been released on vinyl, but it won't get the exposure that they get. Yeah. And, you know, I, I self-released like vinyl for Okia. I still have boxes of it in here that I haven't sold because I was like, I made the critical mistake of assuming that I could sell the same amount of records like on my little Bandcamp page that I could <laughs> on New Retrowave. No. Yeah. Noob, noob mistake. It's it's a tough thing to be in. I will be devil's that's, dev- that's the thing that hurts me the most. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I will be devil's advocate with New Retrowave. It is a very small, it still is a very small number of people that are in that. They still drive a very large number of exposure for artists and a lot of those artists go on to do other things with other labels so they get the initial exposure and those deals don't last forever those you know those yeah distribution I, I renew mine every like so year or two if a artist choose to say hey you know what's what what's important to me is a good quality vinyl release you could go somewhere else and do that and i'm sure a lot of the because if it's on new retrowave more than likely it's gonna be he does have a good ear it's not typical garbage on there right so no there is no garbage art so do you know what i mean like there is is it perfect no but there is validity do i like giving them shit for their really bad vinyl releases yes but do i also (laughs) like am forced to buy some of the vinyl releases because I want to support the people that I wanted to. Yes. How much support there, though is there? Like, what do you see? What do you see for Mad But Soft? I hold. We can't. No. <laughs> Not, okay. We're we got to cut this out. Mm-mm-mm. We're getting way off topic. Can't go there. Um. All right. All right. It's fair. I'm getting angry. <laughs> okay, but also it's it's it is an industry where it's a lot of a lot of like numbers and stuff. New Retrowave honestly has been like one of the labels I've worked with that actually sends me reports every quarter, sends me my money on time, and see. has like one of the most generous like licensing contracts I've ever seen. And that's because they've fucked up in the past and they've made it it's like unheard of in terms of what the music industry actually does in terms of rights. Um so yeah, because usually these contracts that you would sign with other, not that not saying that it's good, but the typical is like you sign your life away, you you are you no longer own the thing ever. Yeah, and or like ten years, maybe we'll talk. Right. Well, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a big reason. Like with Dance with the Dead, they don't have a a major. They don't need to do a major label because they do. They have enough clout and ability to do all that stuff and retain all of their rights all that stuff and that's why like it yeah it's annoying if you buy something with dance with the dead that you it's like an austrian record company Mm -hmm. um and so you gotta pay an exorbitant amount for shipping but you know they know what they're doing they get to retain a lot of creative control over their stuff so i you know is it perfect no could they do better yes do i feel that everyone should try to do better with things yes Especially because they've been around forever. Yeah. And I, I do think that they're probably like New Retrowave is probably at a certain age where like they really could step up their game 
and they started putting spines back on record sleeves (laughs) amazing (laughs) that is a good step in the right direction and you and honestly like and i know and i know that the dead astronauts release that they did originally was a good quality package my concern is is that i miss that on the original release and i am getting the repress will it be as good quality i don't know we'll see great question it's a great question we will see fingers crossed Ooh. who knows when i'll get it long <laughs> pre-orders well if I that talk- one isn't good we can always get the repress of constellations i, I talk so much shit i <laughs> <laughs> And I'm surprised it hasn't come back to me yet. It might. Uh, it might. Ten might reach out to you and strangle you. It depends I, on no, your I under, like. I think any criticisms are coming from a place of, of love. Yeah, and, like, absolutely. It's coming from like genuine like fans. Like These are the people that you, know, you should be taking your, your notes from and not like yeah, it's annoying, and yeah, we can be dicks and say things in certain ways, but you know, it comes from a good place. How do you feel about physical media in a general sense? Do you, are you do you like to have the the tactile thing in in front of you and be like, here's a record, here's a tape, or whatever it is? Is that um, an imp- something that you connect with? I I think I love them as like little little art pieces like i'm very into like printed media and that's like a for me like that's why records are so cool and even like tapes there's like so many small little details that you can do with these like little tiny things um and it makes it it makes it feel more real because i think when i was first making music it was like i would just upload stuff to soundcloud and be like okay, yeah, I guess I make music. And it is really nice to just have like this final piece that's, I guess, from an artist's perspective. Yeah. Having your own record is kind of like really cool if you think about it. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. Um, But yeah, there's just something about like, even if you just, there's just, I don't know. It is really cool getting to take in like the intersection of like graphic design and and sound and like seeing how those kind of inform how like the the music will kind of inform the design or i don't know it's neat i really like it is it like something do you think about visuals like after you've done the music and and focus it that way or do you have like an image in your brain that you come back to i'm just i'm really curious how because like you have a series of songs you put together and you you put them together and you say well this is kind of these sort of work thematically together and then well how do you visually represent this thing or how do i want to express this visually yeah i mean a lot of that just kind of happens from being exposed like just kind of like always having your eye open for new and cool things mm-hmm. but um yeah that's that's, that's funny because i'm in talks right now with my partner because I want him to do uh, like a portrait for the next album art and we'll see how that goes. Um, 
but we're we're actually gonna try to like work through that soon so it will probably come nice. from like a listening of the selection of the tracks and i'll be like okay these are sort of the themes i want and then i guess yeah we'll work on how to visually sort that out with let's it was like uh oh i wonder if i have a book with me shit i don't think i do um i found this like really cool book of from the 1970s of these like Japanese like optical illusions and like uh graphical I don't know like geometrical art mm -hmm. and it was all just all black and white like line art that you were supposed to like scan and then you could use royalty free it was like very old 1970s like graphic design craft stuff that's really cool um and I was like oh my god like the the like chaos of like these lines would be like so perfect for this record especially because there were some samples that were taken from like uh like recordings that were made in like japan in the 1950s and i was like okay we need some like japanese art and it's got to be like bad. <laughs> i mean i i, I want to give you a compliment on like the 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 graphical component of your records and what you put into that and you could you know there's a lot of like effort and thought put into that component as well it's so easy to either phone it in or or let someone else do it and you could tell that like you put the thought and the effort correlate the two to make this really engaging piece of artwork all around visual audio Thanks. Kyle, what do you have to say about that? I just got back in. <laughs> yeah. Under um, the bus with you. Under the bus. Just right over. Um, so, you know, it it seems like there's some stuff that's it's to be to be determined with um release that you're sort of easing back into what the world is, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. are you are you like myself perhaps where i'm not necessarily looking forward to the full return to normal of things like i'm yes. not <laughs> really that excited about the hustle and bustle of what that is and it's already sort of crept back with some other projects that i'm working on where it's like oh i i didn't miss these things this sort of frantic connection yeah. with people to make these things happen yeah i mean i i had done so much work planning a west coast tour that was supposed to go from phoenix and then san diego oh no what's slower than san diego oh my God, that's about as low as you can go on the <laughs> okay. west coast okay yeah san diego and then it would end in vancouver that's quite the quite the scoot yeah yeah um but yeah definitely and then there was going to be a chicago show with phaserland and makeup and vanity set and but yeah um it's just so daunting like knowing how much work goes into getting all that stuff set up and it already sounds like some places might be kind of like backed up with uh requests 
because so many things got canceled. Yeah. I'm just really hoping that all these bars and venues like survived and sure it's been really least, hard. It's been like the best food places died. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the shitty venues that you're like, I could really care less if you, they're like, nah, they're, they're still here. Like, we're ready to go. They're like, <laughs> we're ready. We remodeled. Do you want more of us? We can put another A&W somewhere. <laughs> There's only like one really shitty dive bar that magically burnt down during the riots. And that was, that was about it. Otherwise everyone's coming back. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like very reluctant. But I'm sure once I get a taste, maybe I'll be yeah. okay with it. Do you... I just like want to see other artists. Yeah. I will go play a show so that I can just be with other artists. I feel that. Like yeah. if, if I knew what making music was like. The modesty. You continue to say that like you don't, you haven't been a musician at some point. I would like to go see other people play if that <laughs> meant that I had to play too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it, do you like just performing live? Like, does that fulfill any kind of like thing for you? Is it all nerves? Like to me, I find that terrifying. Um, do you like, are you energized by it? Do you like performing live? Um, I don't think I'm very good at it um well i wasn't talking about that i was talking about yeah you like it but that, <laughs> that kind of takes a little bit of the fun <laughs> it's i mean i say that but um I've, it's something i've been trying to actually like work on because it is like immensely flattering for there to be any sort of demand for a live show and to have people like just show up and see you and clap like that is very cool um but it's difficult because, like, my I started just like writing music in my bedroom, and I'm used to singing like at a volume no louder than how I'm speaking right now. And so, to go on stage, and you're like, "Oh shit, I can't hear me. Oh my god, this music's so loud!" <laughs> like, I feel like a, a little bit of an alien. And then once it's over, I'm like, "Oh my god, that was the best thing." I don't want to see it though, because like, <laughs> no, it's done. It's done. It's done. I you blacked have... out. In the moment, and then it's gone, the moment's done, and then you're back to normal. Yeah, like, I have so much relief. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that's done. Because mm. it, it just is a lot of, uh, a lot of practicing, and, like, I'm still, it still feels weird singing in front of people. I would much rather, like, go and sing in front of a room of strangers than to know that, like, anybody I knew was in the audience. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I hear that. I hear that. It's interesting and yet here you are doing yeah. this exact thing yeah it's weird because like i remember uh when perturbator came and played in toronto and he was up on stage and i was like oh my god this is so cool like oh my god i want to be up there i was like why doesn't he play our song just come <laughs> up and sing right now it'd be great and i think it's i think part of that is just like it's so much easier to get on a stage when there's somebody else there mm -hmm. it takes so much pressure off like anytime i've done a a collaboration it's like okay i have to worry about one thing for this song yeah i'm gonna play keys or um and like my job is just to like support like dana or something right and then if i'm singing with like betamax or a femme attack i'm like i don't have to worry about anything i'm just gonna sing and like do a little dance 
Um, but it's when you have to do everything that it's like, oh God, too much. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, like, I mean, you're you're kind of the, the sleeper in a lot of, like, the secret sauce to a lot of people's um, music. And you've been in a lot of stuff and you've collaborated with a lot of people. And that's, I find that's really awesome, number one. But, like, is that something that, like, people reach out to you? And, like, I mean, how does that feel? Like, you get, someone reaches out and is like, hey, I want to do track with you. You're like, me? <laughs> but... Uh, that's definitely that would be my reaction be like why would you want to do anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i i feel like when i first started all i would do was collaborations so um it's definitely very flattering and there have been like with perturbator i think originally we like jared and i had approached him to do some Dead Astronauts remixes, and mm. then he asked us to do some collabs, and then asked me. And um, and so, anytime you get an artist who's already kind of like leagues above you and in, inviting you to collaborate, is like, oh my god, um, and it's really amazing. Uh, uh, how do I feel about it? I really don't want to sound like a dick. It's <laughs> happened like. There's so many requests and also from artists that I like that like I do really enjoy their music or there will be people that I've never heard of before who send me really amazing demos and I'm like, oh, I love this. But realistically, I'm not going to work on it because I just I've spent so much of my life working on other people's tracks that right now it has to be like a magical like um combination of me having the time like being struck with inspiration right away Mm -hmm. and then um yeah like really liking the song and like feeling something from it because otherwise I'm just like I need to just focus on my own stuff because the last album I put out was in 2019 (laughs) which may seem a long time ago but I will say is not a long time ago Right. Yeah. Could, 2019 just, was not that long ago because of everything that's gone on. In two years, that's three months. Yeah. So, like, it's fine. You're good. No. <laughs> not not something you need to worry about. Yeah, not at all. Um, and I think that's a really interesting and valid uh, point, you know, like being in support of others for a long time. And you've got your own pursuits and interests that should take the the focal point i just think it's funny it's like you listen to this thing and like someone's gonna do a really good job with this track but it's not gonna be me yeah and it's it's like i it sucks because like i want to i want to show up for the scene and like support people and um like with mad bit soft i i did make a conscious effort to be like okay i'm gonna reach out to jada june phoenix I don't know why it's such a hard time saying her name right there. <laughs> I'm gonna reach out to Dana. I'm gonna reach out to Fempop. It's five and, syllables, yeah. Um, yeah. So I reach out to them, but I feel like most other collaborations have been people sending me tracks, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the magic trinity has happened, and I will do the thing. So is there like, is there in your brain like a collaboration that you're like? 
if this comes my way, I will seize this opportunity. Like, is there a is, besides the perturbator thing? Besides that's the, like, <laughs> yes, the, the besides, top of the top. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, there's definitely. A lot uh, of Just things that I would do. Give, like, oh, my God. One How example. I, I don't know. It's funny because, like, I feel like Anthony was like one of the people I really wanted to work with for a long time. And then we like forged a little internet friendship and then he asked me to sing for him and i was like oh, okay yay um i don't know i feel like everybody is out of my league I've, no we're not, not talking about <laughs> leagues. I don't, you know i you say you're now talking about leagues but you're top tier so everyone should be begging to work with you oh my god see oh compliments oh look at that awkward uh, you know oh my I'm not saying whether you feel it's... I'm just saying, who would you want to work with if the opportunity struck? Minus any of the... No barriers. No, like, just, like, it would be cool to do a thing with this person. I would feel good about it. Or a group of yeah. whatever. Um, I feel like it'd be really cool and out of place to do a thing with Sextile. Um, I really dig their, their post-punk vibes. I don't even know who that is. I need to know now. Yeah, you're going to find this out. Oh, it's really, it's fun. It's good. I mean, you say post-punk, and I'm like, yes, please. Well, it's like a, a dancey, Joy Division-y. Um, but yeah, I feel like that would be fun. I mean, again, I I feel like it would be cool to do something with Boy Harsher, but like they don't need to do anything with anyone. They're fine. <laughs> It they already it, have like the best vocalist. It's good. Um, I mean, that's regardless. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely people that I look up to and admire. Um, and yeah, like she passed away. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Oh, there's so many good bands right now. There oh, is. What a time to be alive. I know. It's so exciting. It's awful, but great. I know. I was going to say something similar <laughs> to that effect because, like, I keep discovering new artists all the time and they've been around forever. And then I have, like, the shame because I'm like, how did I not know about this? I like shaming you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I have oh, that cycle. Okay. Oh. I'm sorry. I just, it just hit me, like, other people I want to collaborate with. Uh, Jesse Lanza. She. Answer from one of my emails once, and that was the best day of my life. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Dan Snaith. I don't know any of those people, but I'm excited for you. Who, who are these people? Dan Snaith is is Caribou. And, oh, my God. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. That'd but be... that's just because I'm like a fangirl about it. So. Yeah, but I could see that happening. He's such a versatile musician and so interesting. I could see it. I could see it. There's something there. You're on, leading. Danny. You're leaning into something. Let's be pals. Let's do it. We don't even have to be friends. Let's just be pals. I'll Make do like it. some weird ephemeral vocals. <laughs> 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 I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with us and giving us an update on on what's going on. And you know, I think there's some exciting things happening that uh, we're both looking forward to, and I'm sure that other people are. And and I hope, I know it's a pain in the ass to plan tours 
love to see you live and what you know that all that entails um so come you know, to our country come to our country i will and come to your country you can your have me play shows here department of i don't even know what home Department Security. of going to other countries. Until next time, this is Kyle. Thank you really for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Be back. <laughs> <laughs>